सो हेलो एवरी वन दिस इज मी हेमंत पॉडकास्ट ऑफ ऑल अबाउट यूनाइटेड एंड फुटबॉल सो इज द प्रीमियर लीग टू थाउजेंड नाइनटीन ट्वेंटी पॉडकास्ट इज and i'm been joined by harsh after a very very long time so it's been like months since we last did a podcast together because of late i've been doing stuff on my own or rather uh, i've been doing stuff with some people uh, so yeah so let's just uh, get into the stuff of this podcast so obviously harsh wanted to get a lot of things out of his chest so yeah so i'm sort of giving the guy a platform to do it so yeah uh, basically in this podcast we're going to uh, break the, break things down into three parts firstly obviously how the how the uh, top 6 or the big 6 clubs are kind of faring the uh, in the premier league in the 2019-20 season at the time of recording so at the time of recording basically only eight games of the premier league have been played and uh, it's currently the international break in uh, the second international break of the 2019-20 season and uh, after after we discuss how the big 6 are faring then we are we're going to discuss the teams below the big 6 the mid table clubs or the clubs that just wander about the top 6 positions we're going to discuss about them and then we're going to wrap up with the relegation battle and then yeah so that that's going to pretty much be this stuff in this podcast so yep so to start off with uh let's not start off with liverpool because the guy obviously with me right now is a man city fan and he's got a lot of things to say out like he's been begging me for this podcast since a long time so yeah I, I, even i wanted to sort of do it so yeah let's just get the man on air then uh, so harsh just take up the stage get the things out of your chest what's going wrong with man city right now okay so first before like i kind of start ranting i just want to like look at your points as a neutral what do you think looking at man city what is what are the main differences you feel are uh, there from last season when we of course got 98 points in one league so what are the kind of differences you notice in the style of play as a neutral i want to know your opinion first up uh so like yeah uh, obviously center back is a big problem big issue uh, which i think you're kind of struggling with right now because you're you're sort of having to play fernandinho as a center back which is kind of very uh, you know that's not i mean Fernandinho is not a, not even a proper center back and you you have you got to play him and stuff and then i think uh, look uh, ball movement and all in terms of the style of play the build up play and all city don't seem to me that different but uh, i i think uh, in terms of converting some chances this season and all i think uh, some matches with city have underperformed uh, like for the example against norwich and against maybe uh, wolves i think you you i think the clinicalness hasn't been uh, up to the mark in my opinion but in, uh, but in contrast in contrast obviously there have been some games where you have been like hell like mad with you know in terms of scoring goals uh, talk about the 8-0 win over watford and all i mean it's funny because like look uh, city's backline is something that i think is struggling a lot at the moment because yes center backs are like going uh out of options and i think uh, playing out from the back is one of the main aspects of uh, city's build up play and i think uh, when you don't have the likes of laporte or maybe a stones or uh 
whoever the center backs there or tamendi company is obviously a leader missing in that team i think uh, even if he's injured i think uh, city have a leader in company in my opinion and i think he leads the team really really well uh, in the dressing room and uh, and behind the scenes along with pep but uh, i think yeah company's leadership is something that's kind of missing for you guys and then i think uh, yeah playing out from the back is just like i said is a very important aspect and i think pep's kind of uh, sort of getting confused uh, with his full back uh, combination in my opinion as well because you've got jao cancelo he i think played uh, at left back against wolves uh, uh, you know in the last game week and then uh, in the first half he was like terrible because like he did not get any uh, any passes like his pass percentage wasn't that great he didn't get a, a key pass in the whole half and then pep sort of shifted him to right back and played Kyle Walker of the left so yeah full back pairings i think has been a bit bit of an issue for you because i think uh, i never was a fan of zinchenko i don't know about uh, what do you think because i don't uh, i never had fancied zinchenko as a as a left back that could be a straight straight away uh, starting player instead of benjamin mendy but i don't know at uh, yeah so full back pairings lack of center back uh, partnership lead lack of leadership a bit i think and then obviously yeah, and even in the midfield uh, i think david silva is kind of getting old and obviously this is last season so de bruyne is pretty much your only only like uh, the midfield engine in my opinion uh, and i think uh, bernardo silva the guy who played uh uh instead of de bruyne in new midfield uh was like is like looking like a more of a winger this time round uh, a right winger for pep this season and then i don't know uh, the, the the curious case at city is is i think with gabriel jesus and riyad mahrez because they are in and around in and out of the team and i think mahrez especially uh, whenever like he's played for city he's been like very inconsistent and stuff uh like some games he has been brilliant like against the uh, against everton i think he was really good uh, jesus has like scored couple of goals but i think uh, if you talk, if you talk about the goal output uh, compare him to aguero and stuff i think yeah jesus kind of needs to step up or something like that but yeah so there are some few things uh, i think missing in that city team compared to last season i think yeah one one center back may may well as uh, like make a difference for you guys but Yeah so yeah i think there are a lot of things so what do you want to say so so i thought you were kind of spot on there on some of the uh, some of the problems we are so let's just start out with the defensive side of the game so obviously the two big changes from last year of course have been vincent company is no longer here he left for andelect and um, i don't think the team is doing that great in belgium but that's not the point so we have one center back shot and one leader shot like you mentioned like right? that guy uh, even though he was not as fast as he was 2 3 years before but that leadership quality that he had the marshaling the troops marshaling all the full backs to get in position i think that is kind of lacking in this team with laporte out as well so yeah we have one center back short like you mentioned uh, and autumn india has been seriously shocking this season i, I don't know like he was so good like 2 years ago in the 100 point season i thought he was one of a best players and he was in the pfa team of the year also i think if i'm not wrong but uh, so like the amount of times raul jimenez was able to get past him as a center back like you shouldn't be able to get past center backs easily because they they have to be strong in their position but raul jimenez was just 
getting past him like it was no one's business like like uh, that was really shocking and even in the norwich game i thought he had one of the worst games i've ever seen by a center back and uh, yeah let's not put all this uh, on automandi's shoulder so like i was talking like the first difference is of course vincent companies out but the second big difference is rodri for fernandinho now this is kind of interesting because like if you see rodri's stats like his tackles one his interceptions i think they are all better than fernandinho's but what he hasn't developed currently in this setup is reading of the game which fernandinho was simply brilliant at like see like for parts of last year where he was the best cdm in the world fernandinho and rodri hasn't been able to do that so far this season so that's been kind of like a problem and uh, yeah that's that's pretty much it that's been our defensive frailties now you take a look at some stats i've got here so per shot man city conceded an expected goal of 0.18 and the average shots we give up in a match is like 6 to 7 so if you let's you have like if you like multiply them then it's uh, probably like it comes to 1.5 1.3 or 1.23 which is like not great at all which means you're going to concede so if we don't score more than one goal in a match i think we're probably going to lose according to the stats so defensively we are like very weak like like uh, the we need we probably need another center back or if that shifts to a three at the back which i don't think he's going to do cuz he loves the system more than anything so probably that's going to be a bit of a problem now watermendy is going to have to shift uh, sorry step up big time or we're going to have to promote one of the youngsters like eric garcia or another one of the lavasia kids i think who we have so that's going to be a big problem for pep now to figure out the center back pairing cuz it's looking kind of rough now cuz teams are just attacking straight big uh, straight uh, in the center like they're probably they're getting behind the full backs and they are going to going past the center backs like it's no one's business and they're picking out a pass and it's in the back of the net so that's how easy it's for teams to get past city you now and it wasn't so in last in the last couple of seasons new even even if they got past the full backs you had fernandinho going in for interceptions you had the midfielders dropping in between the lines and stopping that passage of play by uh, fouling them tactically so that's kind of been missing with rodri and like you said with david silva aging he's not been able to cover back and gundogan has never been that kind of player who runs back he's probably more of a guy who picks up the loose balls in the midfield and runs with it and dribbles past people and gets chances so yeah that's that's been one one missing factor here. and rodri hasn't settled in like he's he's, he's look great on the ball and all and he has a good a good ability to get out of tight situations which i think will help us but that far tactical fouling part of the game and the reading of the game i think at, uh, at atletico madrid like he i don't think he ever played with such a high line of defense or he or he never had to make such that uh, such uh, fouls i think yeah, yeah because I, i think simeone likes to like sit back deep and like defend deep and like counter attack a, a bit more so like i think yeah i, I agree with you that uh, at and under pep system i think he'll struggle a lot in terms of adapting to the premier league so like I, i don't think he'll struggle a lot but as soon as he gets to grips with it like Uh, or else we'll have to play Fernandinho for the for the rest of the season and let Rodri uh, step in center back, which I think he has done uh, in his career. But uh, I don't think that's a viable option because 
obviously rotary has to get minutes because he's the one for the future and for any news like 34 years old so that's that's gonna have to improve so as soon as rotary gets rotary gets back to the system and or uh, like Ottomendi either steps up or Eric Garcia or someone comes in. I think our defense will look kind of better. But and let's get it attack. Uh, I don't think attack has been uh, such a problem. Like of course when De Bruyne is not there, we've kind of missed him quite a lot because he's he, his numbers this season have been seriously insane. Like I don't think I've ever seen a player go at that rate in in the start of the season. It's it's only eight games in, but like. The numbers he's putting up is unheard of for central midfielders, and like he's he's the guy who links up the defense and the attack. Like uh, if you like his uh, ability to pick out a pass and uh, carry out a counter attack is like better than most people in the world. He's one of the best attacking passes in the world. Like so, when he's not there, I think we missed him. And uh, like you you mentioned, like David Silva, he has the attacking part of the game, but he's not tracking back. And I think that. Kind of lost his school in the in the game. There, I think he said to David Silva that he wasn't running back quite a quite a lot. So that's that's a bit of a problem. But I think we'll be fine in attack. And Mares has kind of looked amazing this season. Like uh, it's hard to say, but he was literally not missed Leroy Sané in this season at all because of how good Mares has been. So I think we are sorted in attack, but we need to get the defensive shape right and. Uh, Okay, so let's. Uh, what do you think? What should we do? What should we do to improve our defense? I want to hear from you as a neutral. Um, it's, it's kind of hard. Uh, I mean, I think for the first, I think uh, instead of playing Fernandinho, Pep, I think should kind of boldly uh, sort of promote uh, the likes of Eric uh, Garcia. I think uh, Toshin Alderbayo is that the guy that, that's there in your youth. Uh, I think uh, Pep should kind of promote these guys, encourage them, and I think uh, they they should I think play instead of uh, Fernandinho because one because the proper and natural position is centre back, and I think uh, and I think look Fernandinho as a centre back, I mean he's not got that physique physique that a Laporte has or a Stones has, and uh, he's obviously not the fastest of the players. Yeah, I can read the game and all, but I think uh, if you kind of put a poacher, a proper poacher uh, ahead of Fernandinho, I mean, like, if you put uh, put the likes of maybe a Lukaku or a Jimenez or a Llorente or, or someone like a very strong striker in front of uh, Fernandinho, and if you just go and tell him to, uh, you know, intercept balls and not let Fernandinho intercept things and, you know, not win defensive uh, duels and tackles and stuff, if you just go and tell that to your striker, then, yeah, Fernandinho is, uh, act, like, technically out of the game. So, yeah, so that's the disadvantage with Fernandinho. So, I think uh, the first thing is to, like, you don't have any other option. I mean, like, you have to promote your youth. And I think many clubs have done that. Uh, and many clubs have found some great talent in that way. I mean, Chelsea has done the same. I mean, they, they've promoted Tamori and he's been absolutely brilliant for them, in my opinion, because his recovery speed and all, uh, the way he tracks back, the way he tackles, everything has been so great about Tamori. And that's been obviously Lampard's move because uh, Rudiger was injured and Zuma was not playing to the best like he did at Chelsea. So, yeah. Uh, so, I think even Pep should, like, sort of give one of your young centre-backs a chance. And I think in midfield, I think, uh, I think uh, in after the Champions League game where you won against I think uh, Shakhtar or someone and Pep said, oh no, I think it was 
last week against Dinamo Zagreb or something. Yeah, I think they he won probably 1-0 and I think uh, Pep Pep kind of apologized to Phil Foden for not giving him minutes. I think yeah. Uh he should slowly and steadily start giving Phil Foden more game time in my opinion ahead of David Silva because I think Phil Foden uh, being a young player and being a little bit fast again, I think he can even do the tracking back work for you guys which will absolutely help you a lot. Uh and maybe it will it will obviously suit uh, players like Rodri uh to settle into a team that's actually uh, young and you know uh, trying to build and develop into something so i think yeah uh, for me your center back issues has, has to be like uh in my opinion you have to just promote youth and probably that's the way out for you and in terms of i think in terms of full backs also uh i mean look if pep wants to like go uh, insanely attacking like which he is obviously but like if he wants to like produce more attacking output i think then jao cancelo should be a better option than Kyle Walker on paper because like in terms of attacking output Cancelo has been like amazing for Juventus last season because his key passes his uh, you know average crosses into the box you know his uh, his you know his what do you say what do you call that his attacking involvement has been great for Juventus last season and i think that's the reason why you sort of brought him from Juventus and i think uh, if yeah Pep wants more attacking output then uh, sort of gel uh, cancelo into that uh, team and Kyle Walker is like can sort of give you that a bit of a defensive edge which obviously you need in the modern game you have to even attack and defend a bit uh, i think uh, but but yeah Kyle Walker in terms of attacking outward i think uh, would be a little you know less to Jao Cancelo but i think yeah full backs i think Pep's has to sort out because i don't know what what's happened to Zinchenko even if he's even fit or not but uh i think you have to sort your full backs out because uh when i saw jao cancelo at that left back role i don't think that that's a good good option by pep he has to do something different than that uh but apart from that yeah i think uh, that's that's my opinion about promoting youth i think uh, so what do you think like what do you think like pep has done wrong in terms of tactical decisions and selections and whatever you want to call them uh is the, is it any different to last season or do you see some changes that might worry you okay like if you like look at the team uh if play if you look at the team play as a whole i don't think much has changed except the personnel like i mentioned like fernandinho has gone and like we don't have that great center backs at the back and that's been kind of the problem so and uh, like gundogan uh, another guy who is kind of frustrated me is gundogan cuz he's he's a, a good player but what he needs is a creative player a very creative player in fact beside him like uh, like the likes of de bruyne or uh, bernardo silva and when he plays with david silva like uh, the the dynamic doesn't work cuz both of them kind of do the same things like they kind of pick up the pick up spaces in between the uh, in in between lines of defense and uh, they try to engage with the full backs and the wingers like there's nobody looking for the ball behind to the uh, to the striker or like for any other kind of creative passes which de bruyne does so gundogan has been kind of another problem so uh, like as as a neutral like when you watch us like uh, what do, what do you think is our best midfield three like uh, according to me i think it's uh, rodriguez de bruyne and uh, bernardo silva so uh, what what do you think is our best midfield three 
i think uh, bernardo silva as a winger is like a good winger but yeah i think uh, i don't i like i, I haven't sort of uh noticed mares as much as that but i think i would definitely like to like sort of promote phil foden uh with de bruyne and rodri and maybe sort of promote uh, bernardo silva up front and keep mares as an option for a, uh, for the right wing because uh i think sterling has like taken a lot of load because like he's playing games continuously for uh, you guys because sane is i think injured uh, and i think uh, yeah gabriel jesus will be like more of an aguero uh, secondary striker so i think yeah i would maybe promote bernardo silva up front and maybe sort of promote phil foden into the team because i think phil foden is like really really talented and i think if if he can sort of get the confidence and the kick start from pep and i think i think he'll be an amazing amazing guy for you yeah i agree but uh, like if you look at that point of view like he he, uh, he doesn't play phil foden for the same reason like uh, he doesn't play uh, gaut silva alone in a midfield uh, uh, too like because he's not going to do the defensive work at all so uh, not like uh, no and uh, he doesn't have the physical uh physicality to do the defensive work i would say like uh, like uh, kevin de bruyne or gundo and so that's kind of hindering for phil foden's interest but like i would like to see like he's he's the guy for the future he's going to carry this club in the future so obviously he's got to get some minutes at some point and like i would like to see at uh, when especially when de bruyne is injured i think i would like to see phil foden in the attack so uh, yeah so talking about the league like um people are saying like it's over and all but i think that's kind of bullshit cuz like we were seven points behind in january which is three months away at this point last season and still we came back so like it's still eight games into the season we still have 90 points to play so i think we can make it up and uh, we have to uh, critically we have to beat liverpool in both the games i think which is going to be tough but like last season we were just a penalty away from beating them in both the games so i think it's possible but uh, it's going to be hard so like what i think is the next we cannot drop any points anymore like uh, not not like that but the next dropping of points has to come from liverpool i think because if we drop a couple of more points or three more points i think the gap is going to be too huge so what is critical is the next dropping of points has to come from liverpool and i was kind of hoping that you guys would do us a favor next week and uh, uh, like no at least get a draw liverpool liverpool that's like too much to expect but yeah I, but like look uh, liverpool like they have in the traditional bottling club i mean uh, they they i mean like dropped immense amount of points i mean like i still remember uh, the the season where i think city won and steven gerrard slipped and even in that season like liverpool had an insane five or six point lead going into the last two or three games and they still managed to bottle that i, I mean that that's i mean ridiculous i mean like liverpool i don't know why but uh apart from calling them a bottle, bottlers club uh you know they have been like traditionally there's there's a point in liverpool season where like they insanely go uh winless or like go drop a lot of points and stuff so i think uh, i think yeah i i can see that point coming again this season inevitably because uh because they did not invest in the summer so like the squad depth is a big issue and van dijk uh, obviously have to say that uh, he is not looking uh, as good as he did last season 
and one injury to him could make a whole lot of difference uh, to that liverpool team and to be honest they've been very very lucky liverpool uh, exactly and, like that yeah, that's they've been very lucky in many 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 games i mean like i still remember that sheffield united game i mean i actually applauded sheffield united because i think they they sort of gave their heart and soul in that game but uh, one hit, one mistake from don anderson and uh, liverpool just you know uh, undeservedly took those three points even against leicester i think that penalty was cruel i think very uh, uh, i mean that was a cruel game i think leicester at least deserved a point for the way they played and i think uh, yeah liverpool have been lucky uh, many points this season and i think uh, klopp knows it klopp knows that at some point that that team will start dropping points and uh maybe they'll struggle and yeah klopp knows it basically so i think yeah this title race is going to be very interesting which is why i basically titled the podcast as this is this premier league season going to end in a surprise because you know city like at the moment uh during this time of recording is looking like very uh un- i mean I, i wouldn't say unstable but yeah unpredictable because uh they will like sort of bounce back but you you never know and even liverpool is going to drop points that for sure uh, but then after liverpool and city you don't see any other team that can actually go on and challenge for a title because uh you know you, you just look at the gap because that's uh, i mean like liverpool are just like six points above city i think so six or eight i don't know how many uh so yeah at eight points actually so Arsenal I wouldn't uh, realistically consider them to be a title contenders nowhere near uh, but yeah I think it's going to be funny because ultimately it's going to be City and Liverpool again challenging for the title but um you know there there are going to be a lot of surprises in my opinion this season so what are your thoughts about Liverpool Yeah like you were mentioning like they have been lucky in games and of course they've been lucky in games like if you look at last season I thought they were lucky in two or three of two or three games just down to goalkeeping errors in the last five six minutes like that's kind of uh, been Liverpool season and uh, Man City I, I'm not saying Man City aren't been lucky but another aspect in which Liverpool has been lucky is they've had literally no injuries over the last two years like seriously the amount of injuries City has had like Fernandinho was injured Aguero was injured for some part of last year our best player De Bruyne was injured for the entire entirety of last year and uh, you look at this season like Laporte is injured Stones is injured like uh the bronas injury is not serious i guess i expect him to come back next game uh but like if you take an equivalent of leopold's uh, injury list to what we have this unit it will be like a bandike is injured and salah is injured and uh another midfielder is injured so that would be like huge for them but they've been kind of lucky because they don't they didn't have any injuries uh last year nor do they have this year so like you mentioned they've been lucky in games and they've also been lucky in this regard so uh let's see like i mentioned like the next set of draw points has to be from liverpool side this that, that is absolutely critical and like i was hoping like i hope you guys uh get it get it together next week and somehow get a draw and uh, so yeah is there, let's segue into man united what do you say like we'll wrap up man city and let's segue into man united what do you say you want to go to man united surely okay okay uh, damn you you seriously want to talk about man united uh, i mean why are you making you even talk about them uh, but, uh, i mean do i have to talk because like uh, there, there is no point where i can start from this club i mean this club is like uh, you know a dictionary or maybe an encyclopedia of problems right from the top to bottom and i think you you can just not stop talking about it but before like i go into it 
uh, apologies for the disturbances and noises and audio cl- clarity of this podcast because yeah d- due to some connected issues we have to do it on the normal call so yeah apologies for the clarity and external disturbances we we'll sort of try to keep it better next time so yeah um, so okay then let's do it then with man united can we so yeah so basically this club uh has its problems right from the top to bottom i mean you take any aspect of this club talk about the board talk about the manager the coaching staff talk about the medical staff even i'll say them talk about the fans even like some of the fans are a problem i would say uh talk about everything like you literally talk about, you name anything and that's a problem for man united that, that's how that's how uh, terrible the condition of the club has become i mean look uh people like i just i did a last my, my previous podcast on whether i want oli in or oli out but yeah so you just go and check uh, check that out if you have if you haven't uh so the reason why i say like oli shouldn't be sacked obviously i i, I said it clearly last time i don't know uh, whether you heard it or not but uh the time when like united like seriously drop i know right now united are like two points above the relegation zone which is horrible but uh, yeah i said that the time united dropped to maybe like a 17th or an 18th position and struggling to win and all that then i'll be like yeah oli might have to leave so that's my point uh, but but the reason why is like is what like look uh, people who want like oli out is because they are like frustrated with the results like in in this span of time i mean like you know what what's going to happen at best like look you bring in a manager beat whoever loron blanc on julian nagelsmann thomas tuchel whoever it may be even pep guardiola jurgen klopp whoever it may be they might come in like united might be great for the next 3 or 4 months yeah it's going to be great everything but the ultimately what's going to happen is uh, again injuries will start hitting uh, those managers those managers will run out of squad options they will look up to the board they'll ask them for players and the board will say uh, that you know uh, yeah we 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 will give you players and all but uh, then the summer summer of the january transfer window will come the managers will expect the players the players won't come managers will moan they they'll say we can't play the style of football we want to play because we don't have the uh, we, we don't have the right players to play that way and the players the players that are currently existing in the squad are not fit enough to play that brand of football so basically it's a it's a, it's a cyclic process it's never going to end it's going to it's going to be the same way with any damn manager i mean uh, I, and i'll say this to you with a straight face and like again again argue this with anyone in the world and it's it's not a rocket scientist uh, thing to say but even pep guardiola and even prime sir alex ferguson may not even turn this manager team uh no no bloody manager in the world can turn this team's fortunes around because it's a complete mess because uh, you know where the ultimate problem is and like you start up to a, like you start at started a point and you're going to end up end up at the same point that you know that so i think you like right now the the only thing that this club is do is reset and how do i say reset well look for a start i think uh, if the club's still going to remain in the ownership of the glazers then the first thing that the glazers must do if they don't want to mess up with the football side of things is sack edward wood because edward wood is sackable i think that's fair enough because if the glazers can't sell their clubs which everyone wants to uh, you know say right now then at least sack woodward but they won't sack woodward would they because uh, they obviously focus on the financial side of things and united 
have obviously a, a announced record amount of revenues uh, in the 2018-19 season, which is I think around a 600 and 620 million or something like that, ridiculous amount of money. But what's the use of the money? Because uh, you're not going to spend them anyway. It's going to anyway go into the shareholders' pocket, and the debt of the club is going to increase and all that bullshit. Yeah. So, so when the Glazers come out and say that we are working towards a process where we want to bring the club back to its glory days and bullshit, uh, you know, you're basically contradicting your own point. If you want to do that, then sack Edward Wood because. If you don't want the financial part of football, then it has it has to be the football side of things. And I think director of football is like more than ever important for this club. Because look, uh, if 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 you if you say that Oli should be sacked because his tactics have been poor and his style of plays, the player selections, whatever whatever, uh, from his part has been poor and he should be sacked, then what what's gonna happen? Like. we might bring a manager in uh, that manager might not necessarily like the players that are existing at the club and he'll ask for uh, the board to sign players like for example you bring in allegri like allegri would say i need experienced players this club has got a lot of young players so they'll again go and buy the like some two or three players who are like 28 29 years old and then they'll like come in come in and maybe inconsistent maybe consistent they'll have some good or bad games and then again those players will get old and then again you want the players and the club won't buy and the manager will moan this is again a bullshit process man i mean like every manager has his own expectations i mean like all he has said okay i trust in the youth i want to bring young british players i want to build the squad for the next 3 years okay just like that's the reason i said it until and unless ollie is not going to get us to like 17th or 18th position and fight us for relegation battles for fuck sake uh just stick with him let's see what he does because I'm. I'm just. I just said. I'm. I'm gonna ignore the, all the bullshit out until he does not like bring us into a proper relegation battle. Which technically we would say, yeah, position-wise you're not in a relegation battle, but in terms of points you are. But you know, and like, look, uh, all you have to hope is Oli Gunnar Solskjaer turns this around. I'm not just saying it for the sake of not sacking another manager, bringing another manager, then sack another manager, bring another manager. I'm just saying it because look, uh, it's not. correct to hit the reset button again and again and again it's not fifa like you start losing like you uh, people do it a lot on fifa if you lose a game you just like quit the game don't save the progress of the game and then you play that game again until you win it's not that way i mean like have to you have to like stick around with a proper plan i mean all he says that look for the next 3 years i'm go- i'm going to bring in the right amount of players and he has not got a players i mean like he literally knew the fact that uh, he needed two midfielders and three midfielders he even said himself that uh, you don't need to be rocket scientist to say that uh, but uh, the the board did not get him and all he is like sticking up for the board and just because he did not get his midfielders he's not playing the way he wants to play i mean i still remember in the first three months and all he like he played one central defensive midfielder that's uh, nemanja matters that he played pogba and herrera and he played fast high intensity attacking football uh and that was actually working really well for the first 3 months but 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 uh then stress in a sorry the the high intensity attacking football was too much for the man united players fitnesses and players started to get injuries and then what happens when you get injuries you have to turn to your bench squad depth and the bench players and thanks to jose mourinho the mastermind he did not keep his players fit i mean like 
uh, he barely played the likes of Fred Andres Pereira, Scott McTominay, and whoever whoever was there on our bench and stuff. And those players were not match fit. Those players were low on confidence and uh, low on their sort of performance, the way they perform and stuff. And they were brought into the team. Uh, they were tried tried and uh, tested in the system that Oli wanted to play, and they could not play because they were not good enough in that moment of time to play that style of football. And obviously the fitness levels were weren't allowing them to play that way. So what what did Ole Gunnar Solskjaer do? He decided to change his plan. He did not want to like uh, mess things around. He started to play. Uh, he started to experiment with formations. Basically, he played back threes. He played four uh, the diamonds four three one twos. He played four four twos. He played he he played like literally many formations and like he was he was starting to mess around with the tactics and the style of play and the player selections and everything because he had injuries and he was scared a lot because he was a naive manager is an ex, inexperienced manager because obviously you have to expect that from someone who who's come from molda and got basically cardiff relegated so you have to expect so you can't like uh be too harsh on him on that part uh, and as soon as that happened like united just w- went on a run where they couldn't just like find a victory and you know just as soon as the team morale went down many players started un- underperforming pogba rashford lingard who were actually doing really really well when oli came in the all confidence the confidences and fitness levels went rock bottom and they they were underperforming at such a massive rate that it just screwed up united and once the thing started screwing up no one had a bloody clue what was going on around the club and oligano solcha was basically scared of uh, the whole season and the whole thing and then he obviously met the glazers and woodward might have discussed the transfer plans that yeah i need two midfielders or three midfielders how, how many midfielders he demanded i don't know and then he demanded van basaka harry maguire and maybe a forward which i assumed was jaden sancho but we did not get champions league football so it uh, turned out to be daniel james Uh, a young championship player from swansea who's been uh, pretty good in my opinion so wait wait uh, yeah so we did not get the midfielders and herrera left and oligan asolsa was basically uh, stepping into the season with a weaker midfield than he had in the 2018-19 season so oli basically knew in the back of his mind that uh, uh, if he if he plays that 4-3-3 like he did uh, at the start of his tenure last season uh, with the likes of mctomney fred and perrera along with Pogba in the midfield three he knew that after three or four months uh his midfield is going to go dead players are going to getting uh, get injuries and stuff and uh, it's going to be the same old problem again so that that guy out of his uh, out of his uh, fear started to play a 4231 formation with two central defense midfielders that would actually protect the midfield which they don't really do because McTominay and Pogba uh, are just passed by players like so easily because I don't know how but yeah they they play so pragmatic they they basically became a counter attacking team they basically became the park the bus team that people like uh, people uh, people complained Jose about so basically they became that team because Oli was scared that his players would get injured and he'll basically get screwed and ultimately maybe get the sack so Oli out of his fear fears I think he became a manager that he was never a, a guy before and then you know and people as you know like me as a united fan and many united fans we can't turn on only like like the way we did on mourinho and all and we are basically turning on to the players and not to the board so talk about this club's problems i mean like there are infinite amount of problems a million problems you can you can name about this club and i would actually you know the the one point you were mentioning about uh, the liverpool's lucky luckiness with injuries and all i agree with you because if you look at united's injury record in the last 5 seasons 
we've had like minimum 10 to 15 injuries per season which is which is insanely mad because you know have to you have to uh, question the fitness staff and the medical staff or whoever it is who are ca- taking care of the players nutrition and fitness because they're not getting recovered on time united are missing them in big games and you know they, that's basically screwing us the club uh, so screwing the club so what's the way forward i mean i think the first thing should be uh, take woodward out of his director of uh, not director of football his footballing side of things and maybe put him into the commercial side of things and appoint someone who actually knows football it could be edwin vandesa and it could be that ivan campus guy of uh, leon who basically uh, helped uh, clubs recruit the likes of bernardo silva uh, and dombele maybe uh, martial he, he's been a very good uh, director of football so things like you should get someone uh, with a more brain uh, above ali who should like probably go and talk to ali about like what's going wrong what's what's the reason why you have changed so much tactically and all and uh, and all i think he should someone should just go and speak to ali and like know what the problem is and then he should just uh, help ali out with what he can do so like right now what's the way out i think uh, the the only thing that ali gonna solve can do to sort of uh, save man united from the shambles they da- that they are in is like play a 433 play the way that you he did uh, at the start of his tenure which is a 433 one central defensive midfielder attacking fast football and all and defend leads and win matches that's 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 what he has to do the, uh, he has to start winning games in that manner and then slowly and steadily get some out of the transfer window and beg for the manchester united board to just maybe give him one or two players that could actually save our asses this season and not get relegated for god's sake so that's that's the only thing that i would wish and let's just see what happens in the next summer because look um for me like the way things are going i think you should unless and until oli gets us into a proper relegation fight in the 18 19 positions or 17 position you should just just stick around with him and see what he does till next season and if and if if he like sort of starts and showing the proper vision that he has been talking about and the bollocks that he's been talking about that we are heading into the right direction and uh, we ha- we we don't focus about the results like drawing to bloody rochdale a team that's been 17th in league 1 and uh, was beaten by uh, petersburg managed by sir alex ferguson's son by a score scoreline of 6-0 and beaten by man city's b team 2-0 i mean like that bloody team we we couldn't even beat them so like if oligana solcha comes again with this bollocks that yeah we have to just ignore the short term results and focus on the long term i don't believe that so that's pretty pretty much that's the short that's how i short i can keep this i mean like yeah for me that's united's bullshit right now what do you think about it so we are sorry for the bit of a pause there so yeah like i heard you and uh, yeah yeah you kind of put it clearly out there cuz man united are like literally in heaps of trouble like because if you see even uh, like you talked about the uh, board board side of the game and the management side of the game like even if you look at the on field performances the two games that they won this season chelsea was like really lucky. you know i wouldn't say it was lucky because they uh, counter attacked well yeah right was now, really like, like chelsea were better in the midfield they were dominating the game like anything and like united just hit them like yeah. on the counter attack and they just won it 
if chelsea would even have had a bit of sense and would have if kanté would have played that game i'm pretty sure I'm that pretty sure chelsea would have yeah wouldn't have won four in at least i think yes yes so that's kind of and the rest of the game they were extremely lucky like i can't even begin to say how lucky they were to win that game and they've scored like one goal this entire month like uh, i uh, i was telling you earlier like Uh, yeah. and that's been a penalty and that's yeah. like literally the state of this club right now and yeah. uh, it's it's so sad man because this is what this this club has been a giant of english football and, and the world football what, and, and tell you what chevalier who has been our title sponsor is like no longer planning to renew our sponsorship so maybe we are even we are even begging to people uh, like uh, to sponsor our club and become a title sponsor i mean we don't even know which sponsor is going to be there on that uh, on our jersey maybe so that's how bad we fallen yeah and that that is the uh, this this could i could see this turn into another ac milan like Yeah, we are already is, in AC Milan. We are already in AC Milan. There's no doubt. Yeah, like, I think AC Milan is kind of a bit lower than you because <laughs> you still have yeah because you still have a good good enough pedigree in European competitions and those guys are even qualifying. So like anyway, but this this could easily turn into uh, AC Milan. And but this like if you look at the positives, the biggest positive this season, like any manager comes in will at least have a competent defense to play with because. Yeah, Maguire and Van Bissaka have been kind of good. Van Bissaka is a god. I mean, I've never seen a better defensive right back than that guy. I mean, like that guy is like in in possible. I mean, like I've never seen a player different past Van Bissaka. I mean, like there was a game against Wolves where I think one of the Wolves players was in a duel with Van Bissaka. He just pushed Van Bissaka down to the ground, and even in the state of falling, Van Bissaka cleared the ball. So I mean, that's how good he is. And uh, yeah. Yeah, like those two guys have been. Maguire even has been quite amazing for you. And Lindelof is a good enough centre back, and Lukaku is a competent enough left back. So, like, if any manager comes in, will at least have a competent back four to deal with. But like I said, this could turn into AC Milan, but this could also be kind of a Liverpool because you only need for four or five good signings to rebuild. Like, like in Liverpool's case, like. There are five good signings, and that has almost turned the club around amazingly. And uh, so, like five, five to six good signings for United in the next two to three windows can just really turn this club around. And we'll probably have to do another how to fix Man United coming up, uh, yeah, yeah, in the yep, season. Yep, yep. Yeah, because yeah. we can do it and uh, the big big the big thing is like look united like we all like moan about the glazers not spending money and stuff but i think uh, the thing is that we earn so much revenue as a club of, of our own we like we are self generating revenue so much that i think the glazers should just allow a good amount of it to spend on transfers and stuff because if you like now look at our share values and all i said it in the last podcast and i'm going to repeat it again like uh, basically when morinho finished second with this united team our share value was 25 dollars a share and our stocks were like pretty high on the new york stock exchange and as soon as like uh, till two or three weeks back when oli was like losing to maybe uh, crystal palace or something like that our share value dropped to like 12.5 dollars a share which is pretty uh, concerning for the glazers who want to earn a lot of money and our cl- debt has a debt that glazers at bought is as gone even more so what they're doing is they're going to sell the 15% of the club shares 
to someone and that's going to earn them about 320 million uh, pounds in cash which is again money in the glazers pocket so they're going to slowly start selling shares i don't know whether that's a good sign of uh, maybe selling the club in the long term but i think uh, yeah it's basically glazers all around so you you can't like the main thing is that they should just allow the revenue that the club's generating on its own to be spent on transfers and all and they should get someone with a footballing brain into that uh, Man- Manchester United director of football position like someone who could actually speak to Oli about uh, stuff related to football because i think he should be given in charge of appointing the managers and talking transfers and stuff and i think uh, yeah the cluelessness at this club has to stop otherwise it's going to be a huge huge uh, you know problem and even like if if you want if you want to talk more things just a sec uh yep yeah so uh if you talk about want to talk about more things then there are there will be a lot of things but yeah let's just uh, hold on for manchester united at the moment yeah so uh, if you want to talk about like more problems uh, even the stadium old trafford is a big problem because like it's kind of uh, it needs a lot of uh, what do you say renovation and stuff so maybe in some years we have to like plan on even renovating the stadium so like yeah from top to bottom man united it's a club in a full mess so we we just give it a pause there so let's just like quickly turn on our attention to arsenal so what do you think about arsenal like after such a amazing window i wish i had pranav at this time but uh anyways uh yeah so after such an amazing window where arsenal uh, fans were totally going mad and mocking other fans that like look we spent more than you and we got better players than you what do you have to say about arsenal i mean like in terms of attack which was supposed to be the most exciting part about arsenal this season uh hasn't been that great nicola pepe i mean uh, yeah some people say he's, he has been brilliant in terms of like uh and attacking contributions as a fee has been good uh, but that doesn't reflect on the statistical part but what do you think about arsenal's attack and the arsenal as a whole team what do you think it's going to be like in this season for them okay so just before i get on to arsenal's first team i just want to say that their youngsters in the cup competitions and europa league have been amazing like yeah, like you talk kid, about the the saka get back your saka yeah, that kid has uh, even even real martinelli yeah Yeah, Reisnels and Joe Willock. Like yeah, I, I could go on. Matteo Guendouzi has been amazing this season. Like, yeah. like you take a look. Like okay, just uh, going back to Man United once more. One last time. Like this season, like Pauli said, he was going to try out the youngsters. But are your youngsters like apart from Greenwood? I don't think I've seen promise in. It's it's uh, quite uh, like bad to say that I haven't seen promise in anyone else. But like. no one has been like you take a look at chelsea's kids or even like arsenal's youngsters uh, not kids sorry uh, but they, they like the quality is there on the field but uh, like man united youngsters i don't just see the quality so anyway getting back to arsenal like the kids have been amazing and uh, coming to the first team like yeah let's see uh, yeah you talked about uh, uh, nicolas pepe he's uh, what he's been is uh, like it's kind of been like late alexis sanchez was like he's just dribbling around everywhere and looking for a pass but there's no one to pass through cuz like the full back is not running past him and like there's no midfielder inside to pass because granit xhaka and uh, like so uh, like sorry gwendozi uh, are not number 10s so he he's he's going to get better once bellerin and uh, sebayas become 
permanent like permanent uh, fixtures in the team so uh, like i'm i'm not quite worried about nicolas pepe most people are but what i'm worried about is the center back pairing which is like as fragile as man city is like david luiz on his day can just be one of the best defenders in the world and when it's not his day he can easily like let in two three penalties give away one two handballs like he's there's no saying what this guy is up to and socrates have is bang average at best like even on his best day he's an average defender so i don't know what he's doing i think rob holding should get into this team as soon as possible or just even put in callum chambers there cuz i don't want to see socrates in this team like even even for one game more so i think i think they've been they've been good uh not not as great as i expected but obamayang has started this season as as good as he ended last season he's been the one bright light and gwendozi has been as i said he's been really good like he should he deserves a call he should play in the france squad i guess because of his performances and uh, yeah so once sebas gets uh, put in the team like permanently i think they'll be really good and once the full backs come come back like bellerin and kieran tierney who i have heard is killing it in the europa league according to arsenal fans uh, once they come back i think uh, i think arsenal are going to be quite good and they're not of course going to win the league but they're right up there for number 3 position so that's kind of my thoughts for all. yep 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 so i think yeah that's pretty much uh, i agree with whatever you said i think uh, pepe might get better and i think arsenal's midfield is going to like uh, i think step up because sabayos as much as he settles in in the season i think he'll produce a little more output in, from that midfield and gwendoz is brilliant and i think uh, uh, i don't know what what's happening with lacazette this time because lacazette has been like hasn't like he's still looking as a good finisher for me but uh, i think uh, in terms of uh, his is uh, goal involvement and stuff i think i think he's injured right now but uh, yeah i think he has to do a little more better and i think gabriel martinelli he's going to knock the door very soon for arsenal in the first team because he looks a really good striker and pretty on united he was a trial uh, he was on like he was a trialist at united i mean united uh, called him for trials and did not select him in the youth team so another big help for manchester united there you go uh, but yeah martinelli is going to be good and i think uh, the fullbacks are good bellerin and tierney is going to are going to absolutely tear up for them and stuff uh, but obviously the, it's the center backs for me and i think rob holding and maybe i i won't i won't say mustafi should play but callum chambers rob holding they should like sort of play and like uh, they should be arsenal's first center backs and uh, next season they're going to get william saliba so that's going to be even better for them so yeah arsenal kind of uh, can be good but i think yeah uh, arsenal fans are kind of right to say that if Arsenal don't get top four this season then maybe they should move on from Emery and I think if if he gets uh, top four with this team Emery then I think they should stick with him so that's about uh, Arsenal for me so let's just move on to the next team Chelsea and Frank Lampard I think uh, this is this is been a good uh, good revelation in terms of uh, evolution of a team because Lampard has been brilliant for me uh because like i think he surpassed expectations in my opinion because he clearly had a vision and i think uh, he's executed it but yeah i know it's still early days but i think he's he's done a pretty good job and if he can, if he can continue that on a consistent basis he's going to have a good season in my opinion and this promotion of youth is so exciting i mean like i as a neutral uh, i'm excited to see the likes of reese james 
Hudson Odoi, uh, Loftus Cheek, and he'll play. Uh, and then you, you talk about uh, Tammy Abraham's evolution. I think that that's been amazing. And I think uh, talk about uh, talk about Kanten Jorginho, obviously brilliant. And Mason Mount has been a very uh, bright star in their team. Tomori, as I just mentioned uh, earlier in this podcast, uh, has been a great, great, great addition for them. So, what do you talk about Chelsea? Do you think they can finish top four and uh, stuff? No, like I don't think there are there's there are many teams better than them in the Premier League. So, surely top four is up for them, especially with Spurs being so out of form and United looking a former. Uh, ghost of them, ghost of themselves. So the only like real competitors are Leicester and Arsenal, and they they can on their day probably beat them both. So Chelsea have nothing to fear. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Frank Lampard has exceeded expectations of everyone because like no one thought that he would get these youngsters to play so well. Like Mason Mount has been amazing. Ricardo Tomori against Liverpool especially, he just. Lock Stella in like he couldn't. He would Stella couldn't even get a bit of space to get away a shot. Yeah, I enjoyed that game. Up, I enjoyed that game really very much because Tamori was like brilliant with his recovery speed and all. Yeah, like if if you can keep up pace with Stella, then you like really have a great amount of recovery pace, and you are quite a talent because he is one of the best and most dangerous wingers in the world. So Tamori, amazing. Tammy Abraham, amazing again. Like. This this might be the number nine that Chelsea have lacked for a uh, lot of last season. They just went and spent like I don't know how much they spent on Falcao. They went and spent a lot of cash on Alvaro Morata. I think it was 70 million in the end. But the kid was in the academy all along, and like this 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 uh, the transfer ban. Like many people have mentioned, might be the best thing that uh, that has happened to Chelsea in a long Blessing long time. Blessing in disguise. Blessing in disguise. Yeah, like yeah, blessing in disguise, absolutely. And uh, the midfield, let's come to the midfield. Kante, amazing. Jorginho has just breathed in a new life, like under his, in his new role alongside Kante. Uh, not just uh, the base of midfield, and he's been really good there. He's everything goes uh, by him, and uh, yeah, Jorginho really good. But I'd like to see a bit more of Christian Pulisic. But like Callum Hudson-Odoi is just coming back and. Reese James is yet to come back, so I don't know how good this team can get with those two. So the future looks bright for Chelsea, and surely they can be top four contenders now, which I wouldn't have said in the start of the season. But Lampard and the kids have proved me wrong, so I'm happy for them as a neutral. Yep. So even for me, I just completely agree with you. I think uh, top six looks certain for me at the moment. Top four uh, depends on how the other team will do. So let's see what uh, pans out for Chelsea. So uh, wrapping up, wrapping up with the traditional top six, Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, like uh, this has been another club like Manchester United this season, hasn't it been? But yeah, but Mauricio Pochettino, what's going wrong with this guy this season? I mean, I'm I'm terribly surprised with what's happening with this guy, Mauricio Pochettino. And straight away from a Champions League final against Liverpool last season. Now he's like bloody losing to Colchester and Brighton. I mean, this is this is just going terribly wrong for Pochettino. I mean, like some people say he's clearly lost the dressing room. Uh, some people think that maybe it's time for him to move on. He should just uh, leave the club uh, right now, like respectfully, because he's done uh, pretty much uh, very good for them. But I don't know. Is there a way way back for Pochettino? What gone gone wrong for Pochettino in Spurs' fashion, in your opinion? It can be either of two things. Either he's lost the dressing room, 
or the players have just given up on Mudan. Am I uh, saying that? I think they are both the same thing. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be like that. Uh, that's the only thing possible. Because if like like uh, many people have mentioned, like uh, I think uh, people teams have to transition in a four to five year period. Like if you don't turn around teams in four to five year periods, like things can get stagnated and like players might not buy into ideals as of the managers as carefully and as uh, as uh, open mindedly as they used to do before so that might be something that has gone wrong for spurs or uh, yeah the players have just lost interest and uh, they they all want to go on big wages and again this this is this is a big problem with spurs like this this point was going to come when players thought they don't deserve cuz the highest like Christian Eriksson's Eriksson earns 80k a week which is so bad for his uh, the quality of player he is like Danny Drinkwater used to earn 120k a week and he used to just warm the bench at Chelsea so he uh, Eriksson at some point was obviously going to think I deserve a much better wage than this and this this one was going to come and same as happened with Toby Alderweireld uh, Jan Yon Watongan uh, and uh, yeah so maybe it's uh, that that has caused a bit of unrest in the dressing room and yeah i don't think like we we both have uh, in agreement that pochettino is probably the second best manager in the world but and uh, he's probably taken spurs to what what they could uh, like the peak of the powers like the champions league run was amazing and it was all down to pochettino i think like the tactical changes he made in the ajax and man city game i think helped them to really Lead the Champions League final, and I think he 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 should go. I don't think he should leave mid-season, but after this season, even if Daniel Levy like offers him a raise of cash, uh, like even if he offers him a raise, I don't he should even stay. He should go to another club because this is as far as he can take them. And uh, if the players are not buying into his ideas, and if players don't want to be there, I don't think he should be there either. So that's probably what's gone wrong at Spurs, and like the. performance against brighton was just the epitome of all that like you could say that 2-7 against bayern munich was bad but it's bayern munich like they can score seven goals against you even if you're the best defense in the world on their day so like but the brighton game was like unforgivable unforgivable like and it was a bad mistake for with loris for the first goal but like the uh, the defense on that day was just horrible the way aaron connelly like turned at the world for the second or third goal i don't remember it what it was but that was just the epitome of what the spurs defense and what the spurs team has been and the worst thing about to, uh, yeah. the worst thing about the that spurs defense is that he literally played musa sissoko at right back which is which is i think one of the maddest moves a manager has ever made i mean like i can still like uh, one of the worst moves i had ever seen was see scott mctominay play at right center back but this was even worse than that i mean playing so so quite right back i mean yeah like you when you don't have right back you have to face someone but yeah considering davis and sanchez and uh, walker peters might be injured i think so i think yeah playing so so close there, there was like very weird for me yeah so that's like what's been wrong at spurs like all these decisions like sissoko is like kind of a like he's 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 at least better than serge aurier at right back i would argue because he's at least safe he's not going to fly into tackles he's not going to give you as much going forward but at least he's not going to give you a red card and keep you a man short like the the right back situation for spurs has been falling has been like downgrading ever since kyle walker left because like kyle walker left and then it was trippier he was good for one season but last season he was just at a 
trash and uh, they let him go and now he's playing really well at Atletico Madrid and he's playing well for England credit to him but and now they have Walker Peters and Serge Aurier as the right back options who are not good at all i would say and like i don't know what what he was thinking pochettino but uh, maybe he's waiting for january uh, and maybe he's wa- he's waiting for loselso to get fully fit and bed him into the team and uh, like maybe january window if some of these players like who are not uh, wanting to stay at the club and wanting to go to other places like if they go and if they get a couple of new signing and uh, signings and these uh, three new signings which are signed in the summer they bed in well with the team like they could probably turn it around but at the moment it just seems to be downhill every every game and like i said the brighton game was the epitome of what this uh, tottenham team had come to like it was disjointed and painful to watch really so yep so yeah uh, so let's to just wrap up the top six uh, what do you think uh, pochettino uh, should he leave should he stay uh, what the thing so for me i think uh, i think he should maybe leave if he's going to leave i think he should leave in january or maybe in the summer but he has to definitely leave i think it's been a great time for him at first i think uh, nowadays you don't get managers who can like stay for 10 years at a club there's a point where you know things sort of start going wrong and probably pochettino has arrived at that point after considering like he has been at spurs like for 6 uh, he he was appointed at 2014 so yeah it's 5 years now so yeah so technically it's going to be 6 next year so yeah so i think pochettino should leave uh, i think he's been great as a spurs manager but i think right now i, I don't see what's happening with spurs and i think they have to like sort their problems out and what do you think about poch should he leave or stay i think uh, if daniel levy is smart he'll not let pochettino go till the end of the season because one he'll have to get another manager in which is going to be hard because i don't think there are many managers better than pochettino out there uh and uh, two he'll have to pay a compensation fee which uh, seeing how such a shrewd uh, uh, like uh, shrewd dealer he is i don't think he'll be willing to uh, go with that amount of money so uh, and uh, like there uh, i wanted to ask you like there have been some uh, like managerial candidates for going out there like if portino require if portino goes like who should step in and likes of jose mourinho uh, uh max allegri of course have been uh named up for the job uh, max allegri is allegedly learning english i guess so it's probably going to come to the premier league at some point man united and spurs look like kind of the only destinations which are open right now and uh, yeah so and uh, uh, like i read a interesting story like gareth southgate was probably uh, lined up after portugal left and uh, so that's that was kind of interesting because he's a good manager of course we know with england setup so i wanted to ask you like who who do you think should step in like Eddie Howe could be a good can- candidate. Like, or who do you think should step in as can as manager as manager if Pochettino leaves at the end of season or even in January? Uh, by the looks of what you see, I think yeah, if Pochettino can sort of drag it somehow till the next season, I think the first thing they should go and do is bring Julian Nagelsmann from uh, Leipzig, and that would be insane. I mean, like bring Nagelsmann uh, and like give some backing uh, from get some backing from Daniel Levy. I think Nagelsmann is going to just continue Poch's legacy i would i shouldn't say legacy because it hasn't done like anything insane as far as but i think nagelsmann's going to be like for me is the tailor made for for poch you know because the style that he plays obviously he plays a back three but i think uh, in terms of his style and all uh, i think he, he is like 
going to be a brilliant brilliant fit for Tot- uh, Tottenham uh, in my opinion i think uh, if they can yeah i know it's still a, still only one season for him at leipzig uh, and maybe things might go wrong for him uh, down the line but i think nagelsman uh, i think i really like new really nagelsman and i think at a team like spurs that that actually like likes to bring a lot of good young talent i think nagelsman is going to be brilliant but Uh, out of the lot lot of, out of the current lot of managers that may be available for spurs right now i don't uh, seriously see a good fit at spurs like mourinho is not a spurs uh, type of manager in my opinion uh, allegri certainly not a, a pochettino good pochettino like pochettino replacement uh, but uh, not the style of football that pochettino likes to play so for me allegri would be uh, not not be a good uh, pochettino replacement and eddie how maybe it's too big for, uh, too big a job for him because i think uh, pochettino might be gone but i think that squad is like that squad needs a proper manager who can like uh, set things down for them i think uh, and i think eddie how it's like too harsh on someone like him who's up and coming uh, to just you know be that guy to lead spurs out of the misery it's going to be too hard for him and it's going to probably damage his career which i don't want because i really like eddie howe and i want to see him grow as a manager and gareth southgate i mean yesterday i interestingly i read that maybe southgate should be sacked by england because the amount of talent that england has at its bay is something that can be uh, explored and uh, uh you know brought out by a better attacking manager than than a gareth southgate which i think was an interesting point and i can slightly agree to that but i think southgate still is good i mean like he's a learner for me i mean he 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 sort of tries and imprints uh different styles of football looking at the style of plays of other managers i mean like if you just look at him he's like always around um, stadiums in england watching big games uh where england players are involved i mean he watches city liverpool yeah i think uh, like yeah. is, is england is of... yeah like uh, is england strategy is like very much uh, like a culmination of klopp's and yeah, that's yeah 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 exactly exactly so he takes a lot of learnings uh, and because he just goes to stadiums and watches patterns and styles of play of those managers and he sort of tries and implements them so i think yeah maybe like southgate can like i think southgate shouldn't be a premier league manager because like premier league is going to be too hard for him because like international football and premier league are a completely different ball game and i think uh, i think southgate is too naive in my opinion to deal with that uh, tottenham mess right now so i think even i would i would sort of put him into that eddie how category i think southgate right now for him england is the best place maybe not in the next upcoming months but i think southgate i still wouldn't say is a good option but yeah for me other than julian nagelsmann Uh, I don't see a better candidate for Tottenham in the future. So let's see. Uh, so that's 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 it from the top six. So let's just quickly, quickly, quickly move on to the mid table, uh, which is going to basically not involve the clubs in the relegation zone right now. <laughs> I think United are still involved in it, but uh, just leave it aside. So for the first club, obviously we're going to talk about is Leicester City. Uh, like I, w- I would say, like uh, just to save time, like we could do just. 
two to three clubs like yeah, exactly, exactly. Sell them out, like yeah exactly yeah that, that we're going to do that way uh, at only so yes yeah, so leicester city i mean this club for me i i am actually putting my money on leicester to finish in top 4 i, I think they definitely going to finish in top 6 because they've shown enough for me to say that yeah leicester is going to definitely finish in top 6 because uh, the way they've played uh, games this season i think it's been brilliant from uh, rogers and some games they've been insane so i think is just going to get better and better for me uh, in my opinion for them uh, considering that they'll uh, they'll you know keep their players fit and all i think I'm, i i can sort of put my money on leicester to finish on top four because they've been brilliant and i think maguire's loss you know sort of has affected them but i think soinchu has been kind of decent for them and i think they haven't missed maguire that to that extent but yeah fair play to them i think rogers is doing a great job i think and i think i would definitely put money on leicester uh, to finish and top 6 top 6 they're going to definitely finish I, i can certainly say that at the point in time but maybe top 4 is also a certain possibility what do you think yeah like leicester is like the epitome of what a good manager at the right time can do for me like they had all these young players coming in like the likes of madison tillemans uh like hamza choudhry uh avi bans No, and the guys they recruited this year. Yeah, Pratt, Pratt, the guy. Yeah, yeah, who's playing? Pratt, Pratt is quite good. He was at Sam Doria, I think, earlier. I don't remember. And uh, yeah, so all this talent coming through, and what what better manager can you get than Brendan Rodgers, who's known for turning these uh, diamonds in the rough into proper crown jewels, like as as he as he described it. And ah, this is probably probably the third best. Uh, sorry, the fourth best manager in the Premier League, arguably, I would say. Uh, and uh, yeah, of course, he's he's doing a good job. And like I said, a good manager at the right time. And this is what you get: a team which has good youngsters competing for top four. Uh, like like everybody like everybody most people expected the start of the season because they had the players to do so, and people didn't expect United and South uh, sorry Tottenham to be this bad. But <laughs> that being bad has just been a blessing for leicester yeah probably they could they going to finish off i would put my money on it too yeah yep yep so let's just quickly move on to the other clubs uh, in and around the top 10 and maybe till 13 14 positions so i think you've see crystal palace is surprisingly uh, have started started really really well i think roy hodson crystal palace have been good west west ham have been decent enough better than last season and then you've you've got burnley who are like uh, like at 7 at which which is ridiculously good uh and i think uh, wolves have sort of dropped down the performances compared to last season but i think the man city win completely cancels that out and i think they'll probably maybe they can sort of turn the seasons around and i think bournemouth have done decently when as well so yeah and and sheffield united and brighton have been good as well so uh Sheffield United i think they've only got two wins but i think they they're still at 13th and Brighton Graham Potter style looks good and maybe that can uh, sort of translate uh, very well uh, into going into the season so yeah Palace i think maybe uh, they might struggle because like uh, they obviously i don't know about their academy and stuff but uh, Palace can sort of finish around that 10th position Uh, Burnley the same um, West Ham I think can sort of push into push more into the top 10 same with Wolves and I think Bournemouth will be in the same category as Palace and Burnley so what do you think about these teams sir Palace is the big surprise for me because if you remember in the predictions podcast I think I had them 
relegated i'm actually yeah, exactly, exactly. last and I'm, i'm kind of embarrassed about it right now cuz they've started the season so well and i thought the loss of one wisaka was going to be too big for them cuz he was the best player of the of the club yeah. last and even zaha was not in form so it's supposed yeah. to have the bench of good but gary kehl like who thought he was going to be this good and uh, like jordan ayo has been chipping in with goals which is always helpful yeah. but i don't think they're going to keep but i don't think they're going to get relegated at this point after getting so many points like if they would add five points less at this at this point i would say there's there's still a chance of getting relegated but like this amount of points i don't think at this stage of the season they're going to get relegated so crystal palace quite uh, good west ham have been have been really good like i've been as impressed by them as I've, as i've been with leicester cuz all their new signings have been spot on yeah, like yeah. like Alas, yeah like better than expected yeah. tonal can get in more i think so like aller has been as good as i expected i think uh, cuz uh if if you he's if you saw is a like a proper and out of which replacement in my opinion so like yeah, yeah. he tipped in with more yeah and not only that he he links up play very well which i don't think anato which did that well and uh like his ability to bring the wingers like especially philip anderson and yamalenko yeah, uh, into play that's like really good. yeah and uh, lanzini has been injured but whenever he's played he's look amazing and uh fonals yeah he can get a bit involved more but like for the system that uh, pellegrini is playing i think he's done quite well mark noble surprisingly at this stage also he's playing really well and in declan rice i think england have found a cdm which i think they can rely on for many years more so there is a good team all around and uh, fabianski injury might just hamper them a bit but uh, like not that much that they're going to fall too much behind so i'm i'm kind of looking at them for the europa league spot like they might just take it this season because uh, that's that's what's open as well and uh, wolves the uh, i think uh, like they have they have just given it all in for the europa league this season because they are they are really good like they have a squad which can go quite deep in the, into the europa league uh, yeah they they've been good in the group stages they've been really good in qualifying so if that's what nuno is worried to santo and the club owners want to do it's fine as, as long as they don't get relegated because like being good in europe and being good in premier league is like almost the kind yeah, of the thing. Way, it's very very hard yeah like it's very hard and it is a kind of it kinds of equal evens itself of across the entire season because fans if they go and see a good a good win in europe away i think they're going to be as happy as if they see a good win in premier league away so that's that's all up to nuno espirito santo we handle the squad and as to as long as he doesn't get too far behind uh, in the in the premier league table i think he's going to be quite fine and uh, yeah uh what what was bonly of course quite good ashley barnes has been very good white mcneil solid solid team and like every year you think this this might be the year that bonly goes down but every year that man shawn died just pulls yeah, something out of his football and does really well yeah yeah totally southampton have been very like i expected much more from them yeah, but exactly but they've not been up to the mark what about bonly yeah. Bournemouth, I expected them to be this good because Hedia was a good manager. They got Harry Wilson. Yeah. yeah, this 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 is what Bournemouth should be, and this is probably the level. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Southampton is the only. Sheffield United. Uh, that the game against Liverpool, I think they 
almost gave them a neck to neck tie and i thought that was really impressive like the for the talent that this team has got i think chris wilder really deserves a huge round of applause to get this team to where it is in the table and if they can stay up that will be very very good for them and uh, yeah so the southampton is the only team i guess i've been disappointed by cuz i expected many things for them and and of course everton as well which uh, yeah, they we'll, want to talk we'll, we'll talk yeah yeah and what yeah, about brighton brighton graham potter very good very good manager uh, had a bit of problems earlier but uh, i think that win against spurs just puts them back on track and i think uh, they're not in danger of relegation so yeah. yeah southampton and everton are probably the only clubs i've been disappointed by others have played quite amazingly Yep. So let's just dive into the last segment of this podcast, which is the relegation battle. And surprisingly, uh, I don't, I didn't want to put Aston Villa necessarily in it, but yeah, let's just put them just for the talking sake. Let's just drag them down there. So let's talk about Villa, Southampton. Obviously, we've talked. I, even I've been a bit disappointed by Hassan Hootel, but he can certainly do better than that. Uh, so Aston Villa, Everton, Norwich, Newcastle, and Watford. So who's going down for you? So okay, let, let me start then. I think Watford's definitely going down. Uh, Norwich. I think if you take out Pookie's, the team of Pookie party out of the situation, I think Norwich have been little dreadful in terms of creativity and scoring goals. And I think uh, after that Man City win, I think something went really wrong with them. And I think they lost five one to Aston Villa. Uh, they got knocked out by some uh, team, some lower team in the uh, in the League Cup. and yeah they've been losing like games continuously uh, like they they lost five games and also it's been terrible for them so uh, norwich i think they'll probably be in a relegation battle i think watford this this season i think watford might get relegated i think uh, i think it's probably looking certain because i don't see a spark in that team because they're not doing really well they've not won a single game in eight games which is definitely a team a team that you know a, a relegation start i mean in my opinion so i think yeah teams that sort of try and get relegated start in that way so i think watford i think i can see them going on norwich maybe and then i think newcastle i mean apart from that manchester united performance and the tottenham performance away and at home i think newcastle have been pretty much not that good and newcastle fans have been frustrated i think i can see them going down and but steve bruce you never know it's very unpredictable with this team but i think yeah i would probably say newcastle and aston villa i think aston villa would be fine because i have uh, some games i've seen some really good promise with them and i think they will actually manage to stay out of the drop zone for me and yeah southampton just to wrap things up i think they have to be much more better and i think maybe in, uh, they can promote much more youth and maybe the new owners can maybe sort of back Arsenal up in the January transfer window bring in some youngsters and maybe Arsenal can sort of build in his vision probably until the next season so yeah that's it from me so what do i have to say are like i'm i'm just really sad to see this relegation list cuz i like yeah just oh. a second i forgot everton right so everton is a main thing i mean how much money have everton spent to be honest i think it's definitely above 100 million they brought in moiskin they brought in said maxim gabain uh, gabain from mines uh, they they brought like they brought like hell lot of players they brought alex wobi the, the amount of money that everton have spent absolutely terrifying like not terrifying amazes me because 
that team should be inside the top 10 or maybe just touching uh, at if not worse than that so i think marco silva this season has massively underperformed with that everton team in my opinion so i think uh, looking at the history of those everton managers uh, i think traditionally this is not turning out so good for marco silva and maybe like if he doesn't turn his fortunes around in the next 4 5 games uh, after this podcast i think uh, it's going to be a big trouble for marco silva and i think seeing him in the 18th position is something that i never really thought that i would but everton has just 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 terrified me i mean like yeah i know they've got injuries to players like gabmain who's just who's just come in i don't know whether he will be staying or not or moiskin staying or not but yeah they they i think they've been the biggest disappointment in my opinion this season uh, apart from manchester united which the biggest been, difference i think has been idris age yeah idris yeah, age but yeah because someone said me that uh, I, i probably saw it in somewhere but someone said that uh, idris age was probably the missing piece of the puzzle for psg to sort of go and win the champions league because he's probably been brilliant uh, for psg with, with his interception tackle numbers and stuff and yeah psg is they brought him for that reason i think uh, i think gabmain could have been that player but uh, maybe he's like he's injured and fabian delph hasn't been that great in my opinion and he hasn't really done that well for them so yeah what do you think about everton and then yeah you just go through your list of those teams that i've mentioned for the relegation battle i i expected i'm i'm going to say i expected much much bigger things from everton this season because of the signings they made like i thought kabamin was he looked good like his numbers look good but you can't really blame him because he's been injured and you can't blame marco silva for that and uh, fabian del solid player a uh, really good servant for our club and of course when he goes to another club uh, you've got to respect that decision you've got to hope that he plays well as he did for you for you and uh, uh, like moisa ken has it is just, it just pains me to see that this guy uh, like he's, he's such a good youngster and like he's just been warming the bench for most of this time and dominic calvert lewin who i think is not even news not that great i've never been such a huge fan of dominic calvert lewin i think he does some things well but he's not that great of an overall striker uh, yeah and uh, like i said idris age was probably the guy who was the most important cog in that midfield like he allowed andre gomez and likes of uh, richarlison and others to bomb on and his departure i think has been huge and you see the likes of morgan schneider in being played in midfield like that is that is just not even good enough for top 10 and uh, you can see the results and uh, they they've, they've just not scored goals like gilfi sigatsen and number 10 just not doing it for me like everton is all kinds of mess right now and marco silva is probably my choice for the next manager to get sacked and uh, yeah that 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 just pains me to see cuz i thought everton were going to be much better than that what do you talk about newcastle and uh, norwich okay yeah newcastle i hope they don't go down cuz i kind of uh, oddly like steve bruce as a person and i think he's uh, he's not a great manager obviously but he's a good guy and uh, when you he when you listen to him in press conferences i just think i kind of pity him because he doesn't have the best squad in the world but he just tries to get and he's 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 been the guy who's been pinned against the wall cuz rafa benitez of course was so good for them and like many of the fans were against this kind of appointment and he's uh, he's been 
okay and he's been he's been uh, following rafa's system like of the three of the five at the back sorry and uh, it's it's worked in some games it hasn't worked in others of course and uh, so yeah i hope i hope newcastle doesn't go down and uh, norwich have been kind of all all kinds of like they've been like the mysterious team like anything could happen anytime from them because one 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 game they might go and uh, take liverpool on and uh, create a lot of chances even though they lost i thought they played the game very well then they might go to city and get a result which was the biggest result like that uh, stadium had seen for a very long time and then you go to aston villa and you lose 5-1 which is just i don't think you need a bit of more consistent consistency to stay up in the premier league and i think they are my number one candidates to go down and uh, watford is kind of kind of uh, weird for me because i still think they have the talent to stay up but maybe they have just fallen behind a bit too much at this point of the season but uh, if they get it together like next four i think uh, next four to five games if they win like three games out of the five games i think they'll be back on track to stay up and uh, yeah so at this moment i just can't see a relegation candidate other than norwich big enough for me so that's probably my uh, assessment of the relegation zone yeah yeah so so basically this premier league season is going to surprise a lot of people and i hope it doesn't hope it entertains fans a lot more so that's it from me and harsh in this podcast i hope you enjoyed it listen to it and i hope harsh uh, uploads this podcast on his channel eat sleep football repeat please do check out uh, that podcast uh, where we do a podcast together uh, and harsh can probably sometime try a solo podcast on his channel there and i'll give it a listen so give it a listen on breaker uh, spotify apple podcast google podcast radio public overcast pocket cast and many more and hope if you like this podcast you listen to them on the said platforms so yep uh, so yeah i hope harsh has also uploaded uh, the summer transfer talk podcast which was supposed to be uploaded but had some technical issues hope that got uploaded on each level football pitch so please check that out and i hope to do more podcasts with harsh so this week's podcast is uh, there uh, is pretty much summed up and i hope to see you in the next podcast then yeah, see you all right